Hey everybody, happy new week. Hope you're doing amazing. I've got uh, my gorgeous author, Victoria Kitano, there holding a book, Claim Your Space, uh, Beginner's Guide to, stop shaking the book, <laughs> Guide to Create Your Own Artist Sanctuary. Sorry, I can't remember everyone, every single person's taglines, <laughs> you know, and um, I'll show you guys actually on um, uh, on a bigger screen her amazing book. I'll just pull it up here. Here it is, just a closer picture of what it looks like. And um, and now I'm going to give you guys the official introduction it's because we're talking. Oh, oh, sorry, that was my computer. Oh, was that your oh. computer? Theory <laughs> thinks I'm talking to her <laughs> on your computer. All good. Um, so let's get into a little bit of the official introduction of who Victoria is, and then we're going to talk about the topic today, claiming a space, why a room of one's own is essential for creative flow, mental health and well-being, uh, which I'm very, very interested in finding out a little bit more about. We always, you know, I work at home. I was talking to Stuart the other day. We are pretty much Monday through to Friday in a self-imposed lockdown because we do work online and we have our meals at home and all that sort of stuff. I go for my training session, but really we are in the home now, now that we're not a touring business or face-to-face a lot more and I do like to anchor different things to different spaces in the home so that you can have that kind of break from one place. So here's uh, Victoria's official introduction. So Victoria Kitanov is an award-winning artist and author of Claim Your Space, A Beginner's Guide to Create Your Own Artist Studio. Uh, Victoria's creative career commenced in commercial art, graphic design and in publishing as a children's book illustrator in the early 1980s. I actually have seen many of that uh, you've shared on social media of all of your amazing illustrations you've done. So between 1990 to 97, Victoria was nominated by Angus and Robertson Publishers as an official re-illustrator of May Gibbs' classic Gumnut Babies. Uh, by the uh, late 1990s, Victoria left illustration to continue tertiary studies in history at the University of Sydney, a career in the uh, library and information sector, and later the Australian Public Service in Canberra. Working for the Australian, uh, so for the Royal Australian Navy, uh, between 2007-2019 inspired an enduring fascination with Australian maritime heritage and an exhibition of her first marine paintings at the Australian Wooden Boat Festival in Hobart, Tasmania in 2017. So Victoria understands firsthand how important a creative space is to create, to be creative, and finally has a studio of her own. Yay! Uh, so yay! <laughs> That's the official introduction. And we met probably a couple of years ago, if not a little bit longer. Is that right? Yes, that'd be, yeah. yes. Yeah. 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 And actually the first time we met, Victoria wasn't quite ready to write her book. Um, and then there was a phone call uh, that we made probably just over 12 months ago and touched base with her and said, well, do you still want to write your book? <laughs> and she <laughs> said, actually, you've called me at the perfect timing. Yeah, it was, you know, so what changed? So how long had you been thinking about writing a book? And what changed the moment that we kind of did that long-term follow-up with you that you said, nah, now I'm going to do it? It's strange because, good morning, Nat. You can tell yeah. that Nat is somewhere warm and I'm somewhere cold. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's strange because I think 
Um, you know, I've I've sort of long felt that inside me was a writer, and mm. it was probably back in the '90s when I first wrote a thesis, um, which was related to my late father, and um, and ever since then I've kind of felt like because it was uh, there was a lot of it was a lot of it was very interesting the whole process of writing a book and how it changes you on so many levels, mm. and um, so for all those years since I've kind of felt like you know now is the time now is the time but it was never the right time never you know something always took its place and mm. so when Nat got back in touch with me and um, you know sort of mentioned about would you like to still write your book um, I said yes before I'd even realized what, what I was going to write about <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure and I originally I thought maybe I could take that old thesis and redredge it and in the end it was com something completely different and it was um, the, one of the categories of the books that, um, that you can choose to write about, um, mine ended up being related to my business, sort yeah. of in a, a roundabout way but a connected way and I thought, no, there's nothing I really don't know about studios yeah. <laughs> and especially from a personal level. So, um, you know, it was a very interesting exercise to write about, you know, sort of how it's more than just a, a, a room. It's it's so much connected to your life and your well-being and your focus and your yeah. inspiration, etc. cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's talk about that a bit more and we'll go back to the book writing journey a bit later. <laughs> I'm curious I'm like going to know some tips I always love when uh, people give me practical stuff I can go and do uh, so uh, you recommend for uh, uh, wellness mental well-being and all that kind of stuff that pretty much every single person should create that their own in-house studio um, is that right Yes, or at least a space that you can, you know, very often it's not easy for some people. And I was really, I thought about that when I was writing. I've had the luxury as a, you know, I'm, while I have a partner, I, you know, we don't live together and I don't have children. I don't have those kind of, uh, you know, I have interruptions, but not that. Um, so I'm, I have to some degree, a luxury of being able to pick and choose a little bit. That doesn't mean my path is any easier. But yeah. I thought about some people that might have to share a space, some yeah. people who live with pe other people who might be, uh, you know, sort of like crush their dreams a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe not intentionally, but, you know, sort of it's like, some people feel obliged to, you know, if they've only got the dining room table to work on or the kitchen table, then they have to clear it for meals and put away. And then sometimes having to pull everything out again, you lose momentum. And um, so it's really important. For me, it's a funny thing. It was a few years ago. Um, my younger brother was going through a separation, came to live with me. Um, we'd always, throughout our lives, got on very well, but it was a very fraught time for both of us in lots of ways. And uh, we ended up having some, you know, some awful arguments and so forth. So at the time, I was doing a lot of the marine art and so forth, and I, I just used a room in the house and I found that when my nerves would get so jangled or I would get angry or whatever, and it's very hard to diffuse that because your mind is always, you know, going over time and yes. 
you know, um, that if I could slide over into my room and just paint, it was amazing how quickly it was almost almost instantaneously you just focus on what you're doing um there's just and you get back into that what they call these days the vortex or the zone or whatever um because when you can get into that space and whatever can bring you into that space is very often a creative activity whether that's singing or writing or whatever um it's, it's sort of like that's where your ideas, your calm, your, you know, everything comes from. It, mm. it might, when you step out of that, you might, um, you know, sort of get, it's easy to get rattled again. But when you step out, I think once you've been in, you leave calmer. And that's the yeah. most important thing because, um, you know, sort of like, and it just makes you more, keen to get back into that zone again and sometimes the best way to do that is just shut the world out just just to be calm and we know the value of that these days very much so So how do we go about claiming our space say in a household that there's not a spare room (laughs) (laughs) we're, we're actually building an extra room so we can separate our girls because this office space has taken up that extra room for the child that needs you know, to be on now, they all need to have their own rooms. So, and I really don't think an office is the place where, I mean, yes, I get creative, but it's really where I do focused work and all that. So, you know, what would you say to someone who doesn't have like um, an extra room in the house? (laughs) I think first of all is to acknowledge the fact that your um, creative time, and I don't necessarily mean painting or anything, it's yeah. just your creative time might also be your meditation time or your just the, the way that you relax. Even it's the same as if even if the only space you had was your bedroom, yeah. um, that it's not full of jangly things, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. Um, you know, big TV sets or things like that. It, mm-hmm. You know, where it's kind of like just a, a quiet space. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. And it's very important for a lot of, for a lot of people, I think too, and even for myself, the school system, particularly once upon a time, and even today, still values more when I say left brain activities, mm. um, you know, uh, sort of in terms of, say, science, maths and all of that kind of thing, um, as though and and sort of sidelines the creative things, yeah. you know, like, and, and yet we know that these days that having creative time is very yeah. important, um, having rest time is very important, and also, yeah. too, our brains operate. The, your creative side is articulate articulates what your um you know left brain um is maybe the logical side of you but it's it's you know it's it's everything it's our just our ability to um to speak out so I think it's um it's our heart center you know it's very it's very important and so um, even as I was um even when I was first illustrating I think even my parents um, it probably wasn't until my second book was published um, that even though they they worried about me, 
um, you know, because it's like, oh, there's no money in art and all that kind of stuff, which is not true, not true at all. But it's not, it wasn't about that. I couldn't have stopped myself from doing it even if I wanted to. But it's, um, you know, I think sort of like uh, there was always a level of fear coming from them, even if they were proud of what I was achieving. And, um, you know, sort of like I may not, may not have made my first million yet but I've kind of I've never been you know out of work yeah. in terms of art yeah. and it just makes me feel good doing it so but it's very important to claim a space for yourself yeah um, and you know your yourself is just as important as anybody else's oh, need yeah. and it's always the same that old saying about on the on the plane put your yeah. oxygen mask on first I love that one. <laughs> yeah well, I'm glad you've confirmed a couple of things because I think my my bedroom is kind of where I do. Um, and when I wake up in the morning, because we wake up at different times with Stuart, I'm usually up first. Um, I do like meditation, visualization. I do journaling, um, and um, I listen to you know some of the things. Like I do three or four different things before I even like get up to exercise and all that sort of stuff. And that's how I kind of set up the day um so it can be even if you put like a nice little um I think chair like what I did at my Gold Coast house uh by the way I'm not on the Gold Coast I'm not somewhere warm I'm somewhere super cold but the reason I'm dressed like this is because every time I do my exercise I stay really hot for a couple of hours <laughs> so, so that's uh, otherwise it's bloody freezing outside uh, but um at my Gold Coast house in the corner of the master bedroom I bought one of those um um, little recliner chairs that you can put your feet up and that's kind of like a spot you could sit and uh, read and things like that so is there any kind of suggestions of how someone should set up their little space um it's again it's entirely personal um and it depends on what you're setting it up for obviously um this one is aimed at people you know sort of that um maybe are creative yep. um we're all creative sorry yes, yes, we're all creative. we are all creative uh, we just you know might do it in several different ways and things yes. like that um so it, it's it's a space that needs to be calm um the light depending you know like um sort of you know lighting is really essential creating a mood is really essential um if it's your studio for example the things that inspire you around you you know it might be your shell collection or your you know yeah. some words you know sort of um it's, you know or some of your beloved books um around you things things that make you feel good make you feel inspired you might you know lots of us have a lot of books that we don't always have the time to get to but we you know having them around like even this weekend I was just running a, a workshop over two days um, about wonderful work, watercolor mm -hmm. and even digging out some of my reference books on watercolor before the class yeah. was really super inspiring because I thought I haven't been able to somehow get to those books for quite a while yeah. Um, so it was really lovely and it made me just want to sort of jump right in and do watercolour myself. And, and so, yeah. I love so that. yeah, I think, I think creating your setting is most important. Yeah, yeah, that. I like a dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I like, like when I wake up like at six and it's still all dark, I even like, yeah, keep my bedroom quite dark. So like, you know, it's like, yeah. that's, I think it's quiet when it's dark. 
yes yes you feel um you know sort of like yes it's almost like a a lovely blanket around you and that sort of thing yeah yeah Yeah. those are some really good tips so you mentioned you ran a couple of days workshop what is that we know that writing this book wasn't just about the book that you want to help more people you know um get value from everything that you teach so what are these uh, workshops and events that you've got planned now moving forward Yes, uh, around about the same time that I that Nat called me, I just bought a wonderful building on in the Upper Hunter in New South Wales, and um, Mark Twain spoke here back in the nineteenth century. Banjo Patterson spoke here. It's a huge hall. It's um, a wonderful old building from the nineteenth century. It's um, and I've, I've I sort of had since I bought it, I had such plans to turn it into an event space, to turn it into a creative retreat space um, because it's got some lovely accommodation here. Um, It's very peaceful. It's really, uh, you know, like, and I think too, um, I attended uh, a couple of years ago someone else's, another artist's um, sort of retreat in France and I thought the thing that inspired me even though it was very expensive to do it and I waited till I could afford it but when I did it was the thought of rolling out of bed pretty much and start and painting no interruptions no you know just doing something that kept me in my happy place um and I thought why can't I create something like that here it's just as beautiful it's not France but it's it's no. you know got wonderful elements here, and it's where is you know, it located? People, where is it located? It, so people know it's in a uh, little place, a little country town called Scone, uh, in the Upper Hunter Valley, and um, so we've got everything that a lot of people, particularly in Sydney, and um, may know the Hunter Valley associated with its wonderful wineries, mm-hmm. and um, so the Upper Hunter is just a bit north of that um scone is renowned for next to kentucky in the u.s for its uh, thoroughbred racehorses and there's a lot of big studs here big horse studs um but uh there's a couple of other little regional towns that are related you know merry war that's very connected with the art scene and i thought well let's make scone also quite arty and and stuff so yeah it's quite exciting and um the feedback I've been getting is we certainly need it. And people that have come to this space already that I own have mm-hmm. said, wow, um, you know, because it's been closed to the public for such a long time that, you know, we certainly need something like this. It's one of the best yeah. um, spaces. Well, so I'm excited. If you have more dates available, let us know. Maybe the whole team will yeah. join very very arty and she loves her um painting i'm not but i'll give it a go <laughs> i know it's gonna get me in a some kind of a zone but, um, yeah it's it, it would be a very relaxing thing to do I, I love that i love that so let's talk a little bit about the process you know obviously you've done in illustrated books in the past and how is this different from everything else you were doing you know in all those years when you started into books um, I should have done more of what you told me to do rather than 
you know, sort of, I think too, um, I, you know, sort of this, the ultimate 48 hour author um, is really supportive, very, very supportive. And there, you know, there's so many um, wonderful techniques that you use to support your new authors um, getting started on this journey and bringing out what's inside them and, um, and offering some shortcuts because that's a, that's a real draw card, you know, the, the concept of writing your book within 48 hours. Yeah. And is that even possible? <laughs> and um, who knew, you know, so, um, you know, because most of us would imagine that writing a book takes years and years and lots yeah. of research, etc. But it's, um, you know, it really, this, the, it's inside of you. And um, so, yes, having that support to bring it out. And um, my only thing was that for my first book, um, I think, I kind of felt like if I could write it, um, then, it, you know, it helps me to think it out. And I think too, because, um, you know, sort of so, but there's other ways. And oh. I won't go into all that until, you know, because for anyone who's still on the journey, I'll, you know, that I'll leave that for Nat to reveal, yeah. you know, in the program. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. I mean, most people know, you know, yeah. <laughs> The way we fast track it is people speak it out. We get transcribed yes, yes. into cleanup. But look, uh, nowadays we're seeing 50-50, really, Victoria. It's not like every single person does that. Because like yourself, even myself, in the last couple of books, I actually typed them out um, because I kind of enjoyed the process of doing that. Yes, um, yes. It doesn't, uh, yes, it slows you down. You can't do 40,000 words in 48 hours. You can probably <laughs> do 10,000 to 12,000. But say you kind of just stuck to it for like seven to ten days, you'll still start type out a whole book if you had the structure and the unpacking done before, which is the yeah. most important part, which is where you alleviate writer's block, right? Once you've got unpacks done and you've got your structure, then it's all about just execution, right? And yeah. so um, so in saying that, it's still, um, it's a very systemized and, um, way that will fast track you whether you're speaking or typing and you're absolutely right. The, the whole thing that I have noticed over the 10 years I've been doing this is that accountability, the support, the people who are doing the, the same thing at the same time, they push, you know, they, they kind of push themselves through to completion together. And mm -hmm. that's why it's such a huge success rate. Because when I think about someone being on their own, writing their book, yeah. we get into our head. Our mindset is like so important on the book, especially first book, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, if we don't have the, if you don't get the mindset right, you'll never finish it. You'll just go around in circles and all that sort of stuff. And um, and I love the fact that you know, if you get into mental funk, yeah. you know, you've got people, you've got mentors, you've got people to push you through, and that's why it gets finished, right? Yes. And um, so you're writing a second book, and we're going to be seeing and hanging out again at the next um retreat in November. Um, you know, which is exciting. And you already, before we started the call, you mentioned like book three and all that, what it's going to be. So it's addictive, yeah. isn't it? Writing books is addictive. It is. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. <laughs> and you're going through the process. Like, so the second book is not so much linked up to your business. It's more about like kind of the history of families and how people kind of go back to find out more of their family histories. Is that right? 
It's a little, it's, um, it's, it's inspired by the thesis that I wrote back in the 90s about my late father who was from Eastern Europe. And, um, of course, when I started writing, um, you know, sort of we weren't really big on the internet. There was, it was very difficult. I didn't speak the language um, and, uh, you know, so finding information. So it was a little bit of a journey. But the, the person that you become at the end of it and, how you know there's there's so many benefits to to writing so I thought in this instance that I would frame it um you know that my father's journey story is the the theme but frame framing around that but also to to assist people or to encourage people to not give up even though there's challenges and difficulties to finding out um you know information about how to put together a family story or someone in your uh, forebear that might have already passed away like as it was in my father's case um so where do you start and how do you how do you extract something out of it and what is your aim in in doing so and it's um I thought it could make an interesting book but the uh, so I thought this the third book is back um a little bit back toward business again but I thought it's a shame that I've I spent um so many so much time once upon a time crafting this story that has laid buried all these years no one's ever seen it and I thought what a shame um so to do my late father some honor and (laughs) bring his his, a bit of his story to the surface and and it's a very interesting story from you know and um, you know, Nat coming to from a, an Eastern European background. It's, you yeah. know, it's a it's a fascinating place because it's also been closed for yes. a long, long time, you know. So, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. And I can see you, you know, kind of that's if you were to help other people extract this from their histories as well through that process, you know, it just kind of um, your, I guess, the ripple effect is spreading, right? Yeah. The whole thing is not to waste what we have learned what we have experienced and the shortcuts we have figured out along the way. And mm. if we can just reverse engineer those steps of what helped us mm. and just show other people, because let's say, for example, the watercolour. Um, um, if I picked up watercolours, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. You know what I mean? I would literally, what I would might do is Google some YouTube videos and try to figure it out. But let's say I came to a two-day training with you you're going to tell me, do this, don't do that, and you're going to save me so much time and hassle. <laughs> and I actually might come out with a decent painting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because mentors are so important. And um, and um, I, I, I think save yourself time. And if you are interested in something, find someone who's got the result and, and go for it, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, as you say, you've got to save up uh, for certain programs or things like that. But yeah, if if it, if there's a big enough why something is important, you'll figure out the how. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. definitely. I love it. So to first time authors, authors upcoming, I love how you use my little quote. It's about the person you become at the other end of it. What would, <laughs> what would be your number one tip um, for someone who's thinking about going on their own journey of writing a book or even, you know, creating their own space? Um, again, as you said, um, sort of, well, um, first of all, uh, seek, seek help. There's a lot of, lot more information out there these days to help people. In fact, around about this time that I wrote about, wrote about studios, 
um, once upon a time, just, just a short time ago, there wasn't much information. Now, thanks to the internet, there's lots of more information out there. There's, um, you know, you can do virtual tours through yeah. other people's studios. Oh, really? um, it's the same with writing books. There's, it's, um, there's, there's a lot of information and encouragement there. But uh, I think to... Um, uh, with Nat and Stu and the Ultimate Forty Eight Hour Team too, that you've you've created something that's distilled um, it into yeah. a very very um, organic form that helps people, you know, to bring what's inside out and yeah. into something because you're really helping so much more. You know, it's not just writing it, bringing something to the surface for yourself is vitally important and again it's that creative thing bringing it out into the world but also to you don't know even if it just helps one person yeah. or inspires one person and you know it's it's well, you don't know where that may lead yeah, you don't know where that may lead someone else um, I know yeah I've, I've had messages where people said I've saved their lives <laughs> even from my first book because it was on weight loss you know, and they were went too far, and you know how we pulled them back. It's it's wonderful, like to think even even though I think my first book was very amateurish because I actually didn't know Victoria people like me existed. Yes, and therefore I just kind of went on on my own, made a ton of mistakes, uh, choosing the wrong publisher, what I wrote, how I put stuff in the book, no structure really. I just kind of like verbal diarrhea, like of everything I possibly knew, and that was my head. But nevertheless, still completed the project and and other people benefited. And as I said, I, I've had messages where they've said, you've saved my life through that, you know, the information. It's like I re reference your book all the time if I go off the rails and things like that. I love that. So where can people buy your book? Well, <laughs> um, I've uh, put it onto my website, uh, which is Victoria Kitano Fine Art. Yes. Um, Having said that, I've also got another website that will be coming up related to the hall, which will be victoriahallscone.com.au. But the book at the moment, to yeah. save confusion, is on my current website, victoriakitanofineart.com.au. Nice one. Good. And uh, one of my assistants will pop that link into the live and the different areas where this um, interview goes out. So, but that's the look of the website, victoriakitanofineart.com.au, guys. And also Victoria's book is distributed internationally. You'll find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. In case you're watching this, just search for Claim Your Space and probably put, just put Victoria and it'll probably mess it up. And, 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 and um, you know, you can buy it. And, of course, there's an ebook version um, of it as well um, if you like reading on a device, which I don't really... I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I really appreciate your time and your wisdom um, this morning and, um, and you know, some of the insight around the book writing journey because I know this wasn't your first, first, first book that you've illustrated books and been involved in so many wonderful things over the years. I wish you all the best for all of, as I said, keep me also posted on your events uh, because it's something different that, I don't, I don't go too much into drawing and painting myself, but I always like to stretch myself outside of, um, you know, my comfort zone to try new things because I think from that you discover more about yourself. I was just, firstly, I was just going to say this is an ideal writer's retreat. It's yeah. Been, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, 
may I just say thank you so much for having me, Nat. It's yeah. been a delight. And thank you for allowing me to be part of the journey as well. I know. Well, you've been a, um, a model student. <laughs> and I can't wait, you know, the second time around, it'll be a lot easier. You'll know a lot more like what's coming and kind of things like that. And even the third time. But um, I look forward to us having a very long uh, relationship through through writing and releasing more books into the world. Thank awesome. You. Well, have a great day and everyone else have a great week. And as always, mace it out. Bye, guys. <laughs>